I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everybody? This is episode number 18 of the T. Rowan Funky Show. I'm your host, Ben Askren, as always, with Tommy Rollins. And we got a lot to talk about this week, Tommy. We are uh, brought to you, as always, by Defense Soap. And this is just about the biggest week of the year because we got the NCAA Division One Championships. And I know, uh, I just talked to you, that I'll be sitting at home on my couch for the first time since 2002, not going. And you will also not be able to attend. That is correct. I didn't know that you weren't going, though. Why aren't you going? Well, I thought I was going to fight on March 18th, um, and that was kind sure. of what they had told me, and so I figured I couldn't go, obviously, since I'd be fighting in Asia on the same day, and then my fight had got moved to April 15th, but by that time, it was so late, and I had other stuff, but you know, you know how it goes. I hear you, man. So my daughter has her first ever tennis tournament on Saturday, so life is getting in the way of me being at the greatest wrestling show on earth. I thought about going out Thursday and Friday, but then business pulled me away. I got to be in Iowa and in Philadelphia on Thursday and Friday. So, anyways, well, super pumped it. about this. Let's do it, man. This is this is the greatest week in wrestling. I, I, I as much as I think that um, our NCAA wrestling should be freestyle, and I know we've talked about this. There is nothing we should change about the NCAA wrestling tournament and how it is run and the implications. So you're My, saying the whole season would be folk style and then the tournament would be, or the whole season would be freestyle and then the tournament would be folk style? No, then the <laughs> no, I mean the the, the, the <laughs> semantics of the event. I think you know, yeah, it's it's not the it's not the greatest wrestling in the world. The Olympics is, but this is this is the show, man. This is what it's all about. This is the pinnacle of the sport in terms of fan fervor you know what i mean yeah 100 like i said i haven't missed one since 2002 so you don't have to tell me and i tell people every year that there's if there's one thing you want to go to that's going to make your kid a lifelong wrestling fan go to the ncaa championships no doubt once you see that you're it you're in it's just done you're sold quick ncaa championship story i uh i won my first state title in 1998 as a junior in high school and at that time, you know, I won the cadets in the summer before. So at that time, I kind of, I kind of was really coming to grips with the fact that I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a Big Ten scholarship offer and all this good stuff. And so I went to the NCAA wrestling tournament for the first time in 1998. It was in Cleveland, and my dad and I went. And I was, uh, uh, I was being recruited to be heavyweight. Now, mind you, my junior high school, I was six foot one. 195 pounds, six yeah. foot two. Yeah. And they're like, you're going to be a heavyweight. All these college coaches are telling me I'm going to be a heavyweight. I'm like, I'm not going to be a heavyweight. I don't know what these guys are talking about. I go <laughs> to the NCAA tournaments, and the finals that year was Brock Lesnar. No, it was Stephen Neal. It was Stephen Neal versus Brock. Either way, whoever yeah. was out there, they were humongo guys. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. there's no freaking way i'm ever gonna wrestle this weight class mm. it was also it was also the year that mitch clark had a first period tech fall in the ncaa finals and that was amazing i that, that the the crowd gave him a standing ovation i was hooked i can't wait to go to college and wrestle at this level so did you know you were gonna be a buckeye at that point in time or was that still uh no at the time determined no i i mean i i had a gravitational a genetic gravitational pull to Ohio State because I grew up in Columbus, and if you grow up in Columbus, you drink the Kool-Aid from birth. But at the time, Ohio State was not doing very well. So I had to give a very serious look to a number of other institutions. I still went to Ohio State because Russ Hellickson and the staff there you know, were second to none in terms of making me feel like they really cared about me as a person. Yeah. But, but by the same token... There, there wasn't as much success as other programs, so I definitely I took visits to Michigan, 
uh, University Ooh. of Oklahoma at the time, um, and Penn State. And believe it or not, Ben, people don't believe this, and I can't believe I'm saying this on a national podcast, but I really was extremely close to going to Michigan. Wow, that would have been like ultimate trader move, Tommy. I'm glad that I didn't go to Michigan, but I almost went. And, you know, when you block out all the rivalry stuff, though, Ben, you know what I mean? Like, when you block it all out, Michigan's a phenomenal academic institution, and they have a great wrestling program. So the reality is is that if you really are thinking about your future, you got to block that stuff out. And so you would have been with – you have been Andy Rovat's teammate and Otto Olsen and Damian Logan. Who else is there at that time period? Um, Rovat, Kozicki. Kozicki, uh, yeah. Logan, um, Otto Olsen for the first two years. Uh, Charles Martelli. Um, those, I guess I'm drawing a blank, man. Okay. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's a pretty good team. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, no, they were good. They were, they were like top ten every year. Um, during my era, so great program, good school. Joe McFarland was the head coach then. He came down to my house a few times. But anyways, college wrestling is the best. This is why we're rambling yeah. on and on. Yeah, yeah, it's the best. So I, you know, I was taking time, and we didn't, we didn't pre-rehearse this. So you guys are getting it raw. There's so many different ways we could we we could attack this NCAA tournaments. We could go bracket by bracket. We could talk about the team race. We could talk about the individual stories. So where do you want to go with it? You know, I don't really want to go weight by weight because both kind of boring, right? It's boring. Everybody else does it. We've tried to do it, and it just takes forever. And not that I don't like talking to you for an hour, but you know what I mean. I just I would rather just bounce around. I mean, sure. So, what are you most excited about? I I mean, it's trying to be the same thing. I'm most excited about three or four individual matchups in the team. What's the one? What's the one? You know the one. It's Gwyn Snyder. With Snyder, it's for for everybody, right? It's yeah, it, it's fitting. It's the main event. It's the you know they've been moving the, the weights around, but now the, I think they got to go straight weight classes. And I, yeah, you know what? They should actually the have the, they should actually have the heavyweights go last this time. I, I would have to think so, and uh, you know I think, I think the only negative there is it probably won't impact the team race because uh, I think NC State and, and Ohio State I think they'll probably be both top five, top six. But I don't know that they're going to be knocking on Penn State's door because I think Penn, to me Penn State's the clear front runner here. So yeah, they're the clear front runner. Um, I think that Iowa, Oklahoma State, and Ohio State, and maybe Cornell because of their no, final. No, they don't. Listen, no, you got to hear me. No, no, yeah, okay. No. Iowa, Iowa, Oklahoma State, and Ohio State. I mean, three, if, three if, finalists. If, three. I'll give you. I'll even give them three finalists. But that, that's going to give them yeah. about seventy points, sixty-five to seventy points. Um, and man, they sure don't have another thirty to forty points in their lineup anymore. Here's the thing, though, Ben. If 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 Penn State is the clear favorite, which I agree sure. that they are, they're not so much the clear favorite that if one super stud that they have craps down his leg, which happens every year, happens every year. One of those guys craps down their leg. We've got a dogfight on our hands for well, the team. Time. Yeah, you know what? And I, Don't do, you agree? I agree because I think I think heavyweight obviously didn't qualify. People were still even when Nev, 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 Neville's came back from injury. People are still thinking you know he can sneak into All American. Um, obviously, he's out. Um, Sixty five is not going to score very many points. McCutcheon's been hurt, and he's got and he's got Gabe Bean earlier. I don't think they should be expecting too many points out of him. Um, and then both Conway and um, well, yeah, and and Conway and Gilbon don't have overly favorable draws, um, and obviously Gilbon hadn't been having a great season as it was. So you know, I think um, I think that puts them down to five big point scores. You got Mega, Zane, Nolf, Nickel, and McIntosh. And so, is it can those five guys score enough points to put them over the top? I think they can. And when I say one of their big guns has to crap down their leg. I'm saying one of those five. Yeah, I mean, it's got to it's got to be one of those five. But I think Nickel's your most likely bet out of the out of those five. You said who's most likely? It's Nickel, no doubt. I think Rutherford ain't losing. McIntosh ain't losing until at least the semis. I couldn't really imagine Mega losing before the semis, um, and no, no faint losing before the semis. So I mean, I just you know, and I, I never like you said you never want to say never it's the NCAA championships, but if, you know, one of those guys. Um, I mean, 
Obviously, I'll tell you this. Eberle, I, I, I will, I will guarantee you this. What's I'll that? guarantee you this. Are those those five guys are seated in the top two, right? Uh, let's see. Well, no, Megas four. Megas four. Zane's one. Mm-hmm. Nolf is three. Nichols yeah. one. Mac There's going to be guys that are seated that high. There's going to be guys that are seated in the top four this this weekend that don't place. Sure, of course. And so, if one of those guys is a Penn State guy, I think you're going to have a barn burner. So even though they're a clear favorite, those five guys have got to do what they're supposed to do. You know who I think a lot of people, as a team, a lot of people are underestimating? Who's that? Virginia Tech. They're good. They're really good. And they don't have great seeds. I mean, Eberle's down to eight, but he's tough. You know, he's tough. I could see him finishing very high in that bracket. Uh, Bruschetta at 57. You know, a lot of these they've had injuries, right? So that's and that's why they're not very high. But these dudes are tough. I mean, they're oh, yeah. they're good wrestlers. They could finish high. Zavatsky at eighty four is another one who, you know, I think you could even argue for him to be a significantly higher seed than he is. You know, that way it was kind of funny where Sammy Brooks got the two seed, and a lot of people were like, "Who did he beat?" And you know, he didn't have a lot of high level wins this year. Um, but yeah, and then obviously you got Walls at heavyweight. You got Dan's at twenty five. Um, you got Solomon Chisco at forty one. Am I forgetting someone? Mastriani, maybe. I'm forgetting. Yeah, no, there's there's something, man. And then, you know, not to put my Buckeye color glasses on, huh. I, don't, I don't think that I am. But I'm, I'm, I, you know, I've already admitted that Penn State is the clear favorite. But if you look at Ohio State, they've got four bona fide guys, no different than the five bona fide who's guys. Your, who's your four? Snyder, Bo. Uh, Snyder, Tomasello, Bo, and Mick. Uh, Mick, I don't know if you can go Mick yet. He's got two losses this year, man. Yeah, but he lost to Gillibon, who was who? What's Gillibon's record? Yeah, well, oh, the nickel, get... nickel lost to Nate Jackson. Okay, Gillibon's record this year is twelve and nine. He's a returning All American. He's okay, he's. Anyways, his record think, is twelve and nine. I think those four guys are are bona fide, and then you've got Kenny Courts, who is. Well, it's shown he's well, yeah, but he's all we all know what he hasn't shown, but sure, we remember what he did show last year, sure. and then and then Johnny DeJulius, who, um, of course, he's got a tough draw, dude. You know, who I, 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 I just really like Miles Martin. I could I, see I, Martin I, going on a run, and I could, I, and you can make the argument that JD Jake going to run, but Quartz is in a tough spot, yeah. All I'm saying is that they have seven guys that can place. Yeah, are all are all seven of them gonna place? I mean, all seven of them placing is probably just as likely as five, Penn State putting five in the finals. Could it happen? Yeah, it could happen. But is it gonna happen? Eh, probably not. Okay. Yeah, my, I actually like Miles Martin's road a lot. He's got Nick Wanzek first round. Then he's got the six Bryce Hammond um, second round. Then he'll have Boys Butler from Mizzou, who's the third seed uh, in the quarters. So um, you know his his road's looking. Fairly promising. Uh, well, Bryce Hammond's a returning All American. Blaze Butler's a returning All American, and you're talking no, no, about Blaze didn't All American last year, did he? Oh, I thought Man. he was. Ooh, I don't think he did. I think he finished just outside. Now you got me. Quite, now he did not place last year. He finished. He lost to Zach Eberle to place. So he won. Okay. He won the first round. He lost to Crutchmer. He beat Nate Jackson, Brian Harvey, and then he lost to Zach Eberle. So that's let's see. That'd be round of 24. Yeah, he was one round out from placing last year. I think Martin's <laughs> going to be in the semis versus Riablado. Uh I mean, obviously I'm picking Blaze because he's my Mizzou guy, but if you, you know, that wouldn't be the biggest shocker in the world because Blaze, yeah. Blaze yeah, is a very solid wrestler, but he wrestles a lot of really close matches, which, you know, well, I've said that on this program how many times that those close matches scare me. Right. Yeah, so I mean, Penn State's a clear favorite, Ben. To your point, the the matchup of the tournament is Gwiz Snyder, but you know we've got some other good ones, man. You got Nolf and Imar. That's a, they, that's my second favorite for sure. But they're both they're both wrestling um, undefeated guys in the semis. Am I correct? Yeah, and you know what? Well, technically, no. Ian Miller does have that loss on his record, but obviously, we know that was that was an injury default, not actually a loss. Right. So Ian Miller is twenty one. Uh, this is one of those brackets where they kind of defied all logic because by the rules of the seating, and I think they got it right, but by the rules of the seating committee, uh, Tommy Gant should have got the one being 24-0. and 0. Right. And I uh, mean, I'm glad they didn't do the rules. <laughs> but what are the rules there for? I don't even know what the rules are, but 
you know, we're fans. That's why we have this show, Ben. You and I are fans, and yeah. as a fan, they okay. did the right thing. Okay, that's fair, as a fan. But then, like, you know, but then, I, you, I don't know, as a fan, I think you want consistency and justification, too, and some of these seeds are, are fairly hard to justify. Oh, um, yeah. Which, you know, we're not yet. We, we're not, we don't need to go into that too much. That's kind of boring stuff. Hey, we didn't talk about Iowa in the team race. Are we going to talk about them at all or no? Nah. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, we got to talk about them. So you got Gilman versus Tomasello in the semis. Gilman, I think, is 2 and one versus Tomasello. (laughs) No. He's 1-2. No, I think he's 2 and one He beat him in the duel, and he beat him at the Fila Junior Trials. What about in the Big Tens? Didn't he lose him in the Big Tens? Yeah, yeah. Tomasello got the most recent win. No, last year, Big Tens. Yeah, no. Tomasello's got the most recent win. He He beat Gilman. In the Big Ten Finals. But, you know, at oh, the same yeah, time. Oh, yeah, duh. They didn't wrestle this year at the Big Tens because Nico beat Gilman. Duh. Yeah. So, so um, is it conceivable that Gilman could be in the finals? Of course. I mean, of course. And then you got Corey Clark. Is it conceivable that he would be in the finals? Yeah, it is. Yeah, you, you know, know what? And I want to say, that's a bra- where the, this, by the seeding criteria, you know, like 57, I said they kind of went AWOL and went their their, their own way and just did what they, what they probably should have done and separate right. Wolf and, and Imar to make that a finals matchup. But here, I feel like, and I know that Corey Brewer got pinned by Cade Brock. I get it, right? But Nishan and, and Brewer, I think, are the two best guys in this bracket. And I, and I think, well, I mean, guys, everyone saw what Brewer did to to Corey Clark last year in the finals. That was damn near child abuse. <laughs> oh my God. So, I mean, I, I think we can say, uh, you know, without without a large amount of doubt that, that Garrett and Brewer then won two here, right? Right. And what is Brewer? So Brewer's the four. So, it's, so Zane and Corey got on the, on the same side of the bracket, and Deshaun and, and Cody Brewer got up top. And and what is Brewer's losses to Nishan? And then, which, he, and then he got pinned by Kate Brock, and he has two, and both Richards and Clark have one, which is to each other. Yeah, so, you're right, Ben. But you're right. Either way, Clark would be well. He would be on the same side as Brewer, who abused him last year. Yeah, and you know it's not like. And then obviously Clark defaulted, out, medical defaulted out. Was none of those count as maybe, losses? Maybe maybe it's a Big Ten conspiracy because they put they got Imar and Nolf on separate sides. They got possibility. You know, I mean, I figured you would think of that already since you're so anti Big Ten. I think there was that one year where they did some some some. There was something funny with the brackets where the Big Ten guys couldn't wrestle till the quarters, and it really it was weird. I can't remember. Well, they can't exactly wrestle. Nobody down. nobody can wrestle each other from the same conference in the first round, right? No, I, I, there's some Mac first round matchups in here. I remember I saw somewhere. Uh, it used to be that nobody, See, you couldn't wrestle a guy from your conference. Well, in the first I round. mean, like I'm looking at one, the 133 bracket right now, and Josh Martinez and Earl Hall, they're in the same conference now. They're both in the Big 12. Well, yeah, because we've got these consolidated conferences, so maybe the rules changed yeah, because of that. I think, yeah, and you got right here, you got Cameron Kelly and Bryant Lantry, who are uh, both Mac guys, and they're in the same bracket, in the same first round matchup. So you can't do that against the Big Ten though, because they're just too good. You'd have seated oh, guys wrestling each other all over the place, and you just can't do that. Um, <laughs> wow. So yeah, I mean, and this is one. Listen, you, but you, what? you, you, you could see what? Clark. So with the seeds, Clark could be in the finals. Sorensen could be in the finals. Sorensen should be in the finals. I would imagine he could be. He doesn't score enough points to say that he should be in the yeah. finals. I mean, Levon, Levon, who I who I like a lot, at, is the number three, but he didn't look great at, at Max. He lost the match to um, the Kent State kid. I don't even know the kid's name. And then you know, and then he injury defaulted out the next day. So. Um, and then he's going to have to beat Jason Sertzis in the quarters, and Sertzis didn't look great at Big Ten. So, um, you know, as much as I I hate to say I, I don't want to say it. I don't, right? But i got to be honest about it, and it looks like Sorensen should make the finals there. He, he could That's not what should. I want to say. That's not what right. I want to say. I want to say LeVon Mays is going to kick his butt and be in the finals. That's what I want to say. You just can't go against the Big Ten. It's just hard to do. Oh, God. Just <laughs> enough. Um, Anyways, you know, honestly, out of all these brackets, I would say, I would say that Zane, oh, uh, I would say he's probably the most likely to win. If you made realistic betting odds, Zane's yes. the most likely to win. I would that's, agree. That's not saying he's the best. Period. Which he might be the best, but I'm not saying he's the best. But I'm saying, you know, Gwyn Snyder, they're gonna speaking, have to wrestle each other. Speaking, speaking of Zane, I used um, your line with my dad. 
we he and I talk wrestling for about twenty minutes once a week, and uh, is, that, is that a set date that you? No, no, we oh, just, okay. just just like you know once a week. All of a sudden, we get going and we start talking, and uh, he goes, "Man, Rutherford is just an animal." And I said, "Dad, you're right. He's a freaking animal." But let me tell you something that's even more amazing. He goes, "What's that?" I said, "Aaron Pico is five and zero against him, and he's six, a senior six high school." And he goes, he goes, wow. I said, yeah, he's so ingrained in the international system. And, you know, he's that, that you don't even think about it. This guy would be a senior in high school right now if he signed his leisure of intent. And Zane Rutherford, who you just said, is most likely to win the title. I okay. think so. Hey, do you agree with that statement? I completely agree. You just okay. said it. I agree. Okay. Is 0-6 versus the number one senior coming out. That's crazy. Hey, Tommy, maybe you and I can offer to pay. You know, because if Aaron were to want to go wrestle in college, he would have to pay back whatever money he's made from Nike, right? Right. So can we offer to pay that money back for him? And then he... <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know, <laughs> He'd be eligible again? Sell to freaking pay for that? He can't have got that much from Nike. They probably gave him ten grand or something. Well, maybe they gave him your uh, your shoe contract you got offered. Oh. Uh, grand year. No, nah, Pico's got really. He, Pico's managed by the same people I'm managed by in MMA, so I, there's no way they would have accepted that. Right, that would have been completely unacceptable. Wenzik, and he's the real deal. Let's give him a quick plug, yeah. man. No, Guy. you know what? Actually, I blew it. I blew it the other day, Tommy, and I, I think this is two weeks ago now. And so I'm not going to blow it again. I'm make up. Dwayne and his family were um, uh, leading the charge, essentially. To get the Fresno State program back, and we didn't even mention that. I and I had I had literally talked to Dwayne for a while that day, and I had thought we need to talk about this on the radio show, and then I just I blew it. I just totally forgot. So um, no, that and that's a huge story. That's a really big story out there because I mean, you know, if a few more programs in the West start start popping up, it's going to be huge for wrestling because you know the, the, a lot of the issue I think with those West Coast schools is that it's so far to travel. To all of them, um, yeah, you know, and no, it, it's it's phenomenal. And so they're hiring a coach this spring. He's going to build the program up, hire a staff, pass out scholarships, and all all kinds of stuff like that. So that they're competing the, next year. No, they're not. I thought I don't I'm think I read that. Sure, it's next year. Let me look. I thought it was. Is it? I, I think I want to say it is. Um, but yeah, he said well, they they're going to be terrible. Uh, next year. Yeah, they'll be terrible, but at least they'll, okay. they'll be representing. Who are they gonna uh, hire? Are they gonna hire you? They're not. They are not gonna hire me. I, you know, I don't know that you belong in California, not Wisconsin, Ben. That's where your, <laughs> that's where your, uh, you know, your ethos is. I know that. Uh, I know he told me some people that were on their radar and wrestling. Oh well, yeah, twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. So they're picking. The, they're picking the coach by by April. They said they would pick the coach. Well, have they interviewed you yet? They have, I'm told you, I'm not up for the position. You you cost too much, probably. I think that, I think they're gonna go with some. Uh, I think they're gonna go with some California natives. You know, there's a few California natives out there that I think that if I were a Fresno State coach, that I would be looking very heavily at. Who? Well, uh, Jamil Kelly would be one. Yeah, he's right. an Olympian. He's at Stanford. That's right. Eric yep. Guerrero is obviously another one who's from San Jose. Yep. Um, I think he's a really good. I think I think those are your two best candidates out of California. Now, obviously, I'm not saying you need to draw from California, but I think when you got a home homeboy there, you know, someone who can represent the state, someone who knows nah, the state. You're right. I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's definitely you got to get a West Coast guy. But you know, and the other thing I was thinking about when because um, I'm not taking the job, Tommy. Period. <laughs> but uh, we thing, want you I, to make Fresno great again. I, you know what? Hey, listen, wait. Not to get off track, but I do ADHD. ADHD. I was watching the news a little bit today, and they were interviewing people coming out of the polling place. So for the primaries, I guess, and I didn't know you can go in there and you can say I want the Republican or I want the Democratic ticket, right? Yep. And then you get the vote for whoever you want. So they were interviewing people, and a bunch of them were like, "I'm a Democrat, but I took the Republican thing and I voted for John Kasich because I don't want Trump to win." And That's you know wrong. what? That seems unfair to me. That's like, well, I'm going to coach this other football team, and I'm going to tell them the wrong plays to do just so they lose. Like, I yep. mean, right? If that's kind of like sabotaging the other team, isn't it's it? wrong. It's wrong. It doesn't seem like it should be allowable. I don't know. But I don't it's know how you would right. stop it. But it just seems like that seems like a bizarre concept to me. Like, you you know, you're going to vote Democrat when you vote, but you 
because you don't want to face – I mean, essentially because you don't want to face this guy, right? Because whoever wins the Republican is going to face off with whoever wins the Democrat, right? And they're going to go head-to-head for the presidency. And so essentially by what you're, what you're saying by voting for someone else is we don't want this guy to win because that's who we fear the most, right? Ben, let me let me. That's bizarre. We are we are getting off track. Okay, wait. Let me know. get back. Wait, can I make my point about President? Yeah. State? Unless you want to make a point about what I just said. I do. I want to. I just think Donald Trump is a clown, and <laughs> he's an extremely divisive person. But that being said, he will crush Hillary. Oh God! It's in the ugly. debates, he will crush her. He will call her a a criminal until everybody in America realizes it. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. So, um, there you go. Yeah, and that's I think that's uh, you know that's what a lot of Democrats are thinking too. So they're trying to make it seem like oh, we don't want to you know he's a bad person, but they just don't want to, they don't want to square off with him. So um, <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Honestly, I think it's a little bit like my wife said. Like my wife is like, why does he have to say all this crazy stuff? And to me, what it's like a little bit like, and I don't watch a lot of professional wrestling, but I understand the whole concept of what they're doing. To me, it's a little like pro wrestling. You know, when you, whether you're the good guy or the bad guy, you're playing a character, right? And if the crowd's giving you a reaction, that's exactly what you want. And he's getting yeah. some serious reactions on what he's saying, and, you know, his numbers are going up, so he keeps saying it. And his numbers go up, so he keeps saying it. And his numbers go up, so he keeps saying it, right? I, I will not argue. I will not seems... argue that he's playing, the, he's playing the game well. I just don't like that it's a game. I don't I, – I wish – hey, I sent you those videos of Ronald Reagan speaking. Yeah, now, that's course, a freaking president right there. <laughs> That's a president right there. Oh man! Hey, okay. So here's what I was thinking: Fresno State, starting back up. If you draw a circle, an hour circle, right? So around Fresno, I think they're one of the top three wrestling areas in the entire country right now. Completely agree. I would put them up there with, you know, I think it's the the Pittsburgh area right now is freaking fantastic with what Young Guns is doing out there with uh-huh. a lot of those guys. I think the Chicago area is just producing a freaking ridiculous amount of wrestlers right now. I got we got we got to face those guys with our youth club, and it's like, dang, they're they're real. I mean, just being non biased, they're really freaking good. The Chicago area. Uh-huh. And then, you know, you go out to Fresno and you got all the Clovis schools. You got I can't believe you skipped the Lehigh Valley in Northeast Ohio. Yeah, those those were my mind. You know what? I, th- I didn't want to put too much hype in Pennsylvania because the Lehigh Valley used to be the number one, I would say. But I think it's shifting over to the other side of the state. No, I, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I, I agree with what you were saying. I just can't believe you skimmed over the What, the one- Cleveland area? That's what you're saying? The Northeast Ohio and the Lehigh Valley, yeah. So is that is it Cleveland? Is North Northeast Ohio that's Cleveland? Yeah, Northeast right? Ohio is Cleveland. Huh. Cleveland, what do they know about wrestling? <laughs> Anyways, okay, yeah. Who you got there? St. Ed's? Who else? You got St. Ed's, Maslin Perry, Illyria, oh, Illyria you know, a slew right of now. a slew of individuals. You know, it's and and then traditionally, it's just where where it's at. Anyways, the point you're making, I don't want to get rid of the point. That that Fresno program is it fully funded? Are they going to have nine point nine scholarships? I believe so. Yes, yes, you get the right guy in there. It's freaking game over. They're top ten and and within three or four years. I mean, that's really what I legitimately think that. I mean, why don't you take the the job then and put your money where your mouth? I'm not going to live in freaking California for God's sakes. (laughs) <laughs> Although Fresno is, a, I love it because it's close to the mountains. You go up there in Yosemite. Have you been to Yosemite? It's freaking fantastic. Oh, I have. You got to go to Yosemite. The mountains are huge. They got huge <laughs> trees. I mean, I love mountains. You know, I love all kinds of mountains. No. I, I, th- I think, I think we should have more mountains. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh man. Okay, but listen. So the, recru- the recruiting tactic. Uh, which you know has been used hundreds of times, but you know the old we draw a fence around this area and we don't let any of these kids out of this area, right? That's what I and you know Brian Smith kind of did Missouri. Brian Smith does a great job of recruiting Missouri and then the St. Louis area, which includes part of Illinois, and the Kansas City area, which includes part of Kansas, right? Brian Smith does a fantastic job of recruiting that area and keeping the best guys home, and it creates kind of a sense of unity in the community. It creates a bond between the wrestlers and it just produces this great vibe, you know? And I think if you drew that fence around the Fresno area and you were able to keep a lot of the best wrestlers home, I mean, Imar's from there, right? 
Um, Chris Pendleton's from there. Uh, you know, we could go down the line. Uh, Jesse Delgado. So, you know, we could go down the line there. No uh, doubt. Jake Varner's Carter, from there, isn't he, he? He's Bakersfield, I believe, but that's it's not far. I mean, you know, it's... The heck is Bakers? It's like hour two, something like that. It's not not super far from there. Right. Um, so, you know, if you draw a circle on there and create, you know, a certain sense of pride in, in the community, man, that could be a good program. Awesome, man. I'm, I'm totally in. I'm excited to see who the head coach is going to be. I think Jamil Kelly would do a great job. That's probably who I would pick. Um, Jamil would do well. Guerrero would do well. I'm trying to think of some others, but those, those, both those guys I think would do well. Who else is from California that's, that's in the running and you know, doing a good job right now? Varner. Well, Varner, I, Varner doesn't strike me as a coach, though. He'd be a good assistant out there. Yeah. Because upper weight coach, he's an Olympic champion. He knows the area. He's a known commodity. He knows wrestling. Um, but he just doesn't have any coaching experience. Yeah. And he, you know, I think I've heard him say something like, I don't want to coach. You know, some guys love coaching and some guys are like, eh, not for he, I would hire, I would ask, I would offer him a job if I was the head coach out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if I wasn't an upper weight. You know what I mean? I'd say, I got to get Jake Varner out here. Yeah, for sure. 100%. All right. Let's go back to, uh, NCAAs. But yeah, so great job, Zinkin family, Fresno State coming back, which also is terrible that, um, Grand Canyon University got dropped last week, and that was uh, that was kind of sad. Cause I know we'll I see just, if the Zinkins can resurrect that program. I was uh, I was a college teammate with John Sarita, so that was kind of unfortunate. Um, you know, another West Coast team, and I know they were making that transition from D two to D one. And I know one of the issues was uh, I I get I don't want to get too deep in this, but I guess they're a for profit university as opposed to a public university, and uh, the Pac twelve didn't want to let them into the you know to. Uh, uh, temporary membership position for just wrestling, and I think that was part of the issue. Okay, I don't know though. That's just that's some of the rumors I heard. Um, okay, who, who are you taking in Imar Nolf Part Three? I'm taking Imar. I think you know we talked about this the last match. I think he gained a tremendous amount of confidence. I, I could literally see his confidence. You know, if there was like you know in the, in the video games where it's like the health meter that goes down. Yeah, like if there was a <laughs> confidence meter. I could literally see his confidence meter climbing. Uh, do you do you think that Gant and Mark um, Miller have a shot at either one of them? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they got a shot. Is it a, is it a good shot? What's the over under on point differential for? Um, I'd say both those matches, if, if it's Miller Martinez and if it's Nolf Gant, both those matches are high scoring. Even if Palacio sneaks in there against Martinez, I think it's a very high scoring match. I think Miller and Martinez will be wild. Oh yeah, because Miller's always a fast starter. He, you know, he's one of those guys that does great things but makes stupid decisions sometimes too. Um, it's going to be a wild match. Let's just say that. Yeah, it's going to be. I, I agree. Going to be a wild match. Um, and, and Tommy Gans, he's the kind of guy that can wrestle in every position, which is that's kind of one of Nolf's strengths too. Is Nolf can wrestle everywhere. Um, and Gant also has a gas tank, so he's not really going to get tired. So you know that's a match that could end up being a shootout. Also, those guys could, or you know, or it could be one of those where they're scrambling for seven minutes and it's it's close. But um, as hey, even though even though you're not going to nationals, are you kind of looking forward to like the coverage on ESPN and stuff and propped up on your couch and oh, like yeah. just really? I mean, that'd be kind of fun, right? Yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, it's never you know, there's never the same as being in the arena, but. Uh, I'm you'll gonna, get more. You'll get. You'll. You'll catch more of the results and everything quicker. You think so? so? You know, every now and again, all of a sudden, you, you know, forget about a match that's going on because. Well, it'll be like, oh my yeah. gosh, did did he really just lose? Yeah, yeah, Megalutis just lost. It was in Matt eight. Yeah, and you, you you heard it, but you didn't like see it. You didn't watch the match. Yeah, you're right, you're right. And then there's some of those where you just totally, uh, like it's after the session and you're eating lunch and someone says. Oh, he lost. And you're like, wait, what happened? Like, come on, <laughs> seriously? That happens a lot on the consoles. Yeah, oh it's yeah. Because like, so-and-so got upset. You know, let's say like, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Corey Clark gets upset in the second round. And yeah. then all of a sudden, like five hours later, you're like, no, he got eliminated. You're like, he got eliminated? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. every year. You know what I love about the NCAA wrestling tournament? What's is that? how... It's three days, and 
there's so much buildup from round to round. It's like a story. It's like you're reading a book. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Each round. And I think that's so much cooler than this rapid fire one day tournament at the international level because. Oh, I hate that. Because you get, you can get caught up into the storylines. Um, oh, so like some, some unseated guy. I remember when Mario Stewart made it all the way to the semis from Lehigh. It's like you got to learn about who he was and where he's from as it was happening. It wasn't happening every 20 minutes where you didn't even learn about who he was. Like, it's like, man, who's that Lehigh guy? Oh, he beat so and so in the second round. Man, he's a stud. I like the way he wrestles. Then boom, he gets one in the quarters. By the time the semis come around, you know what, you know his mom and dad's name. And so it really builds up this intimacy with the fan and the athletes over three days that I think is part of the reason why the tournament is so exciting to be at. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then, you know, and like I said, I've kind of almost been in favor of a team championship to a certain extent. But the team race at the NCAAs um, makes every match matter. I mean, what other tournament? Well, the freaking stupid international brackets don't even really have wrestlebacks. Don't even get me started on that. Um, But, you know, what other tournament have you ever been to in your life where the wrestlebacks matter this much. You're right. I mean, the team race, it, it really stinks. And we haven't had it for quite some time. When was the last? Penn State ran away with one. What was it? No. One of the f- I mean, last year was competitive till the semis when, I mean. No, that, they didn't run. Ohio State didn't run away with it, in my opinion. Yeah, well, until the semis when they won all those matches in the semis. And, you know, and then it was kind of, but that's, you know, that's Friday night. Yeah, yeah. no, I think it's sealed, like, at the middle of the semi round, I wouldn't say that's running away. No, with it. definitely not. You know when it gets sealed the quarters, that's what it's like, it's right? it's so anticlimactic yep. when some team puts like six in the quarters and everyone else put in two, and you're like, yep. it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Um. Yeah. So I think uh, when was it? I think Penn State. I, just, I they, Flo just put up the article that I wrote about how, you know people wrestling to their seat or whatever. I think it was uh, Penn State's second title they ran away with. I think they won by like thirty. They, yeah, there was. I think there was only one that they really just. Yeah, there was just, one that they ran away with. Yeah. Hey, here's a good thing. What's that? Good question. What it? What number one seed is most likely to not win the nationals? Let's make. Let's do not make the finals. Not make the finals? Like, yeah, that's bad. Be- that's better. That's better. Okay. Let so me, let me look. Okay. No. Ooh, twenty-five. Okay, you go ahead first. I'm well, getting, I'm making well my Tomasello's got to be up there. I mean, he's got to be the top three. You Why? Because I mean? he's got to beat Megalutis? He's got to beat Gilman, right? Oh, sorry, Gilman. Yeah. And and uh, Garrett and Nishan's got to beat Brewer. So that's... Who's that. at 41? Um, and then 41, Heil wrestles every match close, and he's lost to Joey Ward, who he's going to have in the quarters. And then who's he got in the semis? Uh, Samato or... Samato, Matt Manley, Makati... Um, Gilbon, one of those guys. All right. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ashnall, Anthony Ashnall. Uh, I was looking at 49. I'm brain dead. Um, so I could so see far, Ashnall making the finals for sure. Yeah. So far, my number one pick out of those three is um, Dean Heil, most likely to not make the finals. And okay. he's an Ohio boy, so I don't like saying that. Although Tomasello is too. Um, 49, 57. I feel like that's done. Done. 65. Same thing. Same thing. Well, Daniel Lewis wrestled in four three. So let's. Oh not... come on! Did he not wrestle in four three? Ride him out for four minutes or not? Yeah, but it's still nothing compared. And think to... about that, Alex Deer. Okay, this is a Wisconsin guy. This is a Wisconsin, Wisconsin born and bred. Alex Deer. I've known this kid since he was eight years old. Right. I'm not going to talk bad about him if I don't have to, but he got rid out for four minutes. In Stillwater, and he got three stalling calls against him. If that's not in Stillwater, if he's in Iowa City, how many stall points are against him? He might have lost a damn match in Iowa City. <laughs> yeah, he would have got beat eight nothing. I mean, seriously, uh, right? All right, so he still is not Dean. He's you're putting him above Dean Heil. Come on, no, I'm not putting him above. Dean all right, Heil. all right. So is Dean Heil still our number one pick? Yes, I'm still taking Dean Heil over Bo Nickel. Yeah, of course, Nickel. Uh huh. I think Nickel would be up there with the guy. You know, I, like we've talked about, he's wild, so you could see stuff happening with him. Yeah, Gabe Dean's gonna make the final. Well, I mean, Nolan Boyd beat him, but I would, I'm feel pretty comfortable saying Gabe Dean's gonna make the final. And then Morgan McIntosh. That bracket is a mess. Can I say that bracket? That bracket is like, the hell's going on here? Yeah, that bracket is just like I'm looking at it like you know, freaking Nate Brown is the ten seed. He's the ten seed. 
He was in the finals last year. He's only got four losses. And I, don't quote me, but I want to say three of those four losses are to Gabe Dean. That's are pretty they? impressive. Well, let's see. He lost at the Southern Scuffle to Gabe Dean. Um, did he lose at the EIWA? He lost at the AWAs to Gabe Dean, correct? Not sure. And maybe in the duel, I think. I mean... That I couldn't believe he got. I could not believe he got a ten seed. That that was beyond me. Um, okay, ninety seven. McIntosh ain't losing and Guzdowski heavyweight. So Dean. So Hyle, Dean Hyle gets the pick. He's your most likely to lose. That's I don't even like doing that because he's worked so hard for that number one seed. But somebody's got to be the most likely, right? Well, yeah, obviously. So then there's a winner and a loser in every competition, right? <laughs> yeah. Who's most likely to make the finals? Is 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 Rutherford more likely than than Gwiz or Snyder, or yes, or Martinez or Nolf? Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, right. It's Panaleo and Samato, come on, they ain't beating him. What what weight class is most most difficult to pick a champ? Forty one. Forty one for sure. I, I don't even think it's competitive. Actually, you know what? I have made, I've made a couple of these these pick'em pools. People ask me to be in, and uh, and they're a lot of fun. But you know, one of the things I do when I'm when I'm picking, right? I take the weight classes. I write down ten weight classes, Tommy, and I say how many people could win this bracket, and right. then that kind of guides me who I pick, right? Because if there's only if there's if there's only two guys that could win a weight class, I think it's important to. Pick that weight early, you know, so you get one of those two guys. But like forty-one, I think I wrote down like eight or something, something freaking ridiculous. Yeah. So, so how many guys could you conceivably pick? So, is it eight at forty-one? You can I see mean, eight. I, you can see I, eight different guys winning it. I mean, it's just like I can it's see a four. Lot. I can see four at one twenty-five. Well, if you could say okay, four. I think yeah, it's four at twenty-five. I I legitimately think it's two at thirty-three. I think it's Brewer or Nishan. Whoever wins the semis. That's what I think. I, I think I mean, you're right too. I'm with you. I mean, you forty-one. Could say four. You could say four if you want there. Forty-one is. But you say okay, Heil, so yes, McKenna, yes, Kevin Jack, yes, Ashnall, yes. If you say McJordan's yes, then you gotta say Manley's a yes because Manley beat him, right? And Man- Manley lost in overtime to Dean Heil, so you I know, think obviously he's competitive yes. there. I think that the I think that there's more than eight at forty one. Well, that's six that? right there. Joey Ward beat Dean Heil, so you gotta throw him in there. That's seven. Solomon Chisco is really good. You probably throw him. You know, like where do you stop? I don't you think know? you can at forty one. I think that nobody at that weight class. Has shown that they're a guarantee for the semis. Is there anybody that you can say he's going to the semis? Yeah, like Solomon Chisco lost three to two to, to Kevin Jack at the ACCs, and he beat Joey Ward two to one. I mean, you know, like these are all close matches. Every there, one of them. By the time you get to the quarters, you could put some guys in the quarters. Yeah. I don't think you can put anybody in the semis. Yeah, I mean, even like Matt Manley at number five, like. I hate the fact that he drew Jimmy Gilbon in the first round. Like, there's a lot easier matches than that, right? Why do you gotta right. have him? That's annoying. Super yeah, forty one will be the last weight class that I pick in my draft tonight. Who are you who are you drafting with? A uh, bunch of college buddies. Nice. So here's what we have in our draft, which is interesting: is if you have a guy that is seated nine through twelve, you get one and a half times his points. Oh, that's. And then if he's unseated, you get two times. As no, points. it's fun. That makes I like it, hard. it that way. So the sweet <laughs> spot, the sweet spot is the nine to twelve, because there's some nines through twelves that you're like, that dude's getting fifth. Look at his draw. He's you know, and then yeah. all of a sudden his, it's like the one and a half is the equivalent of a seated guy getting fourth. You know what I mean, or something, or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. A, 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 no, a nine through twelve guy getting fourth is like a guy winning it or something like that uh, so it's fun it's a cool dynamic that's funny I never we were gonna that. we were gonna do the draft during the podcast tonight because you and i usually record at night yeah. did you do it last year yeah who won i, I didn't i didn't win i know that much <laughs> <laughs> i don't know who won but here's I know. the thing that happens to me is i just don't have the heart to not pick an ohio state guy Wait, but if you guys but are if you're drafting with ohio state guys don't they all get taken off the board no, everyone else is more reasonable than me. I just picked the Bucks. You know, like if if I get like Miles Martin, he's seated eleventh. 
and he's one and a half times. I mean, I'm well, he's picked. actually a yeah. good pick because I have yeah. him, I have him on both my teams. Do you? Well, that's another weight where um, it's not quite as bad as forty one, but like as far as making the finals, you're like, you know, or you, let's say top three. Like, okay, I could see Nickel being top three. Obviously, I could see Chandler Rogers being top three. I could see Eberle being top three. I could see it under Brunson. I could see. You could even convince me Meyer and Jackson. Real Budo. Real Budo. Ethan Ramos. Miles Martin. Blaze Butler. Miles Martin. Bryce Hammond and Cody Walters. I mean, that's a weight where it's like. Yeah, it's it's the next. 41 is the most wide open. 74 is next, wouldn't you yeah. say? I mean, that's. Especially when you're talking like, you know, top three, top four type points. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, Bo, Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel. Has had a phenomenal season, and and we and I was and you were you kind of half supported me. It wasn't it wouldn't call it critical, but I just pointed out some things, and he proved me more wrong than right since I made those comments. But you still see the same, you know, his yeah. leg attacks aren't super strong, you know, his go to scores are, but he's doing it much more than when I made the comments in early January. But you just see the opportunities, and he's a freshman, he's a freaking animal. But you just see how. How it could not go his way, you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I definitely see that. Um, you know, especially you know, Chandler Rogers too is he's dynamic and he's kind of unpredictable. And Nickel, you, you got the same thing, right? Right. So is it too far out of the realm of possibility that Chandler Rogers throws Bo Nickel to his back? No, it's I mean, not. Like that. If you told me that, if you if, if say I, I slept in, well, I didn't sleep in really late on Thursday, right? If I slept in on Thursday. And I woke up, and you said, Chandler Rogers just pinned Bo Nickel. I'd be like, dang, really? Like, hey, I, I wouldn't be like, no way, you're lying. No, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, is Real Budo's only loss to Bo Nickel at the scuffle? No, he lost three matches that day. Oh, my God. He lost to, I both, okay, don't quote me on this, but he lost That's to Bo Nickel day, in the semis. <laughs> you know, some guys just aren't wrestleback wrestlers, and, and I don't know, Brian had a tough day that day. Um, I believe you lost the both. Did your brother coach him or something? Because you were off nice on that commentary. Yeah, he uh, Max actually lived with their family for two years. That's awesome. So yes, very very close to them. Um, But uh, he lost a nickel, and then I want to say he lost to Chandler Rogers and then Crutchmer, all in the all in the same day. I I think that's how it went down. Don't quote me one hundred percent on that, but it was definitely three losses at the scuffle, and those were his only losses of the entire year. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, so I could see 74 is the second most wide open for sure. I mean, even Ethan Ramos, you know, he's another guy who um, he beat Crutchmer. He, he went 11-7 with Nickel. I mean, could you? I could see him. Uh, you honestly, you honestly, going back to 41, you honestly cannot. It's a place. mess. It's going to be a freaking mess. Who could you put in the semis with a lot of conviction? None, right? Hey, you know, actually, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna Google this bracket. Keep talking about 41. I'm gonna Google this other bracket. Well, I'm just out of all the guys, Ben. Is there anybody in 41 where you're like, I'm hitching my wagon to that guy making the semis? No, I don't think so. Yeah, because every. I mean, if I had to pick one, obviously I would pick one. But right, um, you know, if you're saying gun to your head, is he gonna make it? I'm like, yeah, uh, like 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 Tomasello quarter of semis you know gilman semis you know yeah oh yeah you get there's like there's like you know there's like 20 guys in the tournament that you can just pop them into the semis it's it's happening you know of mm-hmm. course until until it doesn't to the point there's going to be so many how many guys seated in the top four let's do an over under here boy we're bouncing around but i think it's a fun show anyway. okay wait can i talk about this bracket let me let me just okay. finish my thought here sorry go ahead so there is 40 guys seated in the top four at the NCAAs. I'm a mathematician, all right? Okay. So there's 40. What is the over-under on how many don't place? Four. Damn it, that was my number. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, now I'm going to go five or six. Five or all six. right, I'll, I'll go four or less. You go four. We'll, we'll tie at four. Four and a half. Go four and a half. So you got to get under four and a half. I got to get over. Okay, okay, okay. I'll go under four, but but I do. Th- it's going to be a lot, you know. And that's four is ten percent of the top four seeds don't place at the nationals, and I think that's true. Yeah, 
Um, okay, so go ready, ready for this. This is my bracket, all-time bracket buster. I remember this bracket very, very vividly. 2014, 149 pounds in the quarters on the bottom half, right? So you should have the two, the three, the what six. What year is this? 2014. Okay. Two, it was Oklahoma City. Um, so you should have the two, the three, the six, and the seven, right? You had the 14, the 11, the 10, and the 15. Like, are you kidding me? Those four guys made the quarters. In the semis, you had the 11 and the 15, and you got the 11 making the finals. Crazy. That's crazy, right? That's a freaking bracket buster right there. Wild. I know, right? That's what 141, that's what 141 could end up looking like. You could just be like, what is going on It here? could be easily. It's so easy. Let's see. And then, okay, so then the, the five and the, the five and the 11 are in the finals. That's Jason Sertis wins. The nine and the eight are in the third place match. The one and the fifteen are in the fifth place match, and the four and the non unseated. So the two and the three didn't even place. The six and the seven didn't even place, and the eight didn't place either. Dang, there's a lot of guys not placing. Wow, Just crazy man. That is that that is ridiculous. Do you think we'll have an unseated guy in the semis? When's the last unseated guy to make the finals? Moisey, come on, dude. Oh, God, yeah. Moisey. Wake up. What Moisey planet didn't are you the on? Tournament. Wow. How about before him? Was it, was it, uh, who's Cement Mixer guy? Lambrecht. Was it him? Or was it, uh, who's the Pittsburgh guy? Uh, Carl Fronhofer. Fronhofer. He was so him? good for not being seated. How about that? I mean, mm-hmm, that was for not point. being seated. Yeah, definitely. Jesse Whitmer. Is he the last unseated guy to win it? Um, probably last unseated guy to win and it's got to be Whitmer right we need to buy Jason Bryant's uh, his book what's that book he puts out they got all the stuff in there I remember <laughs> as a little kid going to like the state tournament and then the first couple times I went to the NCAAs which I wasn't I was you know 18, 19 um, no probably 17, 18 what's um, your earliest national tournament memory national the first one I went to was when I was a redshirt at Missouri so I, I was 18 I went what year was I then uh, what year was it? What, what national tournament was it? You that was the I think that was the Kevin Hoy Nationals. Oh god! When, when you were hurt, right? What are you doing, man? You always bring up my worst <laughs> moment. You asked me. <laughs> Sandwich between two years, I won it. You got to bring up when I snapped. That my was ankle. that was it, right? That was the year where you hurt yourself. Yeah, Kansas City, two thousand three. Uh huh. That was the year. And uh, you know the one that the one thing that I remember because Missouri obviously at that point had never had a national champion, right? Uh-huh. And Scott Barker was. Uh, I want to say the, the 84 pounder 84 he, he was a very high seed I can't remember exactly what seed he was but in the in the double overtime of the quarters because he he smashed whoever it was in the semis I can't remember who it was in the semis right now um, but he smashed whoever it was but in the quarters he had the guy named Mark Bex from Penn State you remember that guy or no of course Menor Lake Catholic Northeast Ohio <laughs> his birthday is January fourth, nineteen eighty-two, and his favorite color is blue. Um, wow, Tommy, that that was pretty good there. That was good. Um, so okay, so uh, he, he's there in double overtime, and Mark Bex gets up to his feet and turns and faces right, right. And this is this is when it's sudden. Like he gets out, it's over. Mm-hmm. And Scott Barker somehow keeps his fingers locked around his back and freaking like bear hugs him out of bounds and uh, and kept him down and then won that match, won the semis. And then in the finals, and so, you know, we thought Missouri was going to have our first national champion ever. In the finals, Scott had just beaten Jake Rochholt 10-2. to He beat him 10-2 to at the conferences. And he lost 9-1 to in the NCAA finals. Can you believe that? Jeez. Crazy. Crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. It was 13 to 5. I just pulled up the bracket. Mark Becks finished 7th place that year. Oh, so Scott Barker beat up Jesmond Smith in the semis. Just Scott was Jesmond a four seed. Smith. Jesmond was the one. Steve Mako won. I remember that year. You know what? Actually, one, this, this memory would probably predate that memory. I just told you. In the first round, in the first round of that NCAA championship series. Do you, remember, do you know what I'm going to say right now? I kind of give you a hint. First round. Steve Mako. What happens in the first round? Do you remember this? Oh, in I, Kansas City. Yeah, he ripped some guy's freaking elbow out of Scott socket. Coleman from from Iowa State, and the ref called it an illegal hold. 
right? And so right. Steve, if, if it's over, Steve's out. He's done, right? Right. Oh, my God. I'm scrolling through the brackets. You know who I just saw? Steve who? Bay Miocic, who's fighting for the UFC heavyweight title. He nice. Went, he went to in barbecue for Cleveland State at 197. Uh, East Lake North, Northeast Ohio. Oh, God. You're <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so 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 Steve Mako jacks up. Okay, so it's second round. Steve Mako jacks up Scott Coleman, and um, not Coleman Scott Scott Coleman from Iowa State. Let's <laughs> just make that clear. And well, Bobby Iowa State, out Oklahoma State, Iowa State, yes. And Bobby Douglas made Steve Mako get um, Scott Coleman get up and restart the match for one second and stop it so Steve Mako could continue the tournament. That's crazy, right? I think that's class or foolishness? I think a little bit of both. I mean, because, uh, you know, obviously I'm friends with Steve, but, you know. Would Urban Meyer do that to Nick Saban? It wasn't, I mean, because you know what? It didn't look like an accident. It looked like Steve was trying to very forcefully take Scott Coleman's yeah. arm against so, his so, so do you think that's, do you think that that's part of what's great about wrestling, the integrity of the sport? Or do you think that's... You know, we're 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 scratching each other's back too much because yeah, that one's hard. That one it's hard. That one's hard for me. That one's, it's hard, but if it was intentional, you know, I mean, here's the thing, man. That would have been a heck of a story if Bobby. It would have been a bigger story if Bobby f- just said, "Forget you. You're you're a cross state rival. You yeah. just did, you just did an illegal hold. It's like a chop block, right? Yeah. No, Urban Meyer would say he should be injected from the game. Get him out of here. Get yeah. him out of the game. Right? Yeah. But there's this there's this underlying theme in wrestling, and I'm not even knocking it because there's something about the integrity of the sport and how we're like a band of brothers that I like. But at the end of the day, that would not happen in college football. They'd yeah. be calling for his head. They'd say, get him out of here. The whole crowd would say, get him out of here. The refs would be all under all kinds, and they'd get him out of there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I watched the – I, I watched, agree. You know, and so – it would have been a heck of a story if Steve Mako was out of that tournament, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's not definitely. classless. It wouldn't be classless by Bobby to say, no, we're, we're forfeiting. Yeah, definitely. These are so fun to look at these old brackets. You got a couple of. Uh, yeah, but you got you to be from that era. What if we have an 18 year old freaking uh, listener on this not, show? He's not going to know what he's talking about. But you got a. <laughs> uh, okay, so you actually had two pins here, Tommy, which you said you never pinned. Listen, I was on fire at that tournament. I got beat by the worst. Uh, point differential in the history of my 18 match rivalry with Mako, which was four to one in okay. the Big Ten finals. Okay, and I just wasn't emotionally in the way you need to be in that year. Yeah. And when I say, I, I mean, I'm grasping at straws here. Most people wouldn't recognize the difference. You would, Ben. That yeah. year, I just there was just that one percent that I didn't have emotionally. Sure. And after that loss, long story short, I had to come to Jesus with myself, and I was on, man. I was on, and. I pinned two guys, and to your point, I never pin anybody. Then I, was, <laughs> then I was beating Matt Feast eleven to two, three minutes in the match. Yeah, I'd only beat him five to one in the Midland semis that year. Yeah, and then my ankle snapped. I was on a roll, man. Wait, so was, you finished the match with a hurt ankle? Yeah, yeah, I, I won like eleven to eight. I was getting my butt kicked the whole time. You know, not and then to, you wait. Then it's okay. So it says in the in the semis. I don't remember you wrestling the semis, but I it says you were at there for forty six seconds. It was a high, uh, high third degree high ankle sprain. I ripped all the ligaments off the bone. I sat out five months after that match. I tried to wrestle in the semis. I knew I was. I took a penetration step in the back warm up area to warm up for the semis. Yeah. I, and I fell down as I was taking a shot, like a four year old learning a penetration step. Sure. And I and I remember falling down. I was by myself, and I look up, and Tyrone Lewis from Oklahoma State was stretching in a butterfly stretch, and I look at him, and he goes, "I'm sorry, dog." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm freaking mince meat right now. Oh, yeah. And uh, I went out there. He took me down within 30 seconds. I just couldn't walk, so I just defaulted out. Yeah, yeah. But I would have been a four-time finalist had I not hurt my ankle. I really believe I would have beat Hoy. And that's some stiff company. And that's that is. one thing that I kind of – I don't regret because I don't regret – I mean, I, I had nothing to do with my ankle snapping. But I just wish that would have happened. You know what I mean? You know what's funny about that? the four-time finalist thing? I You're can fun. still remember. Well, yes, thank you. <laughs> I still remember. I was sitting in a parking lot, waiting to go to a movie. My first trip to the OTC with a bunch of kids. Uh, the Paulsons were there. Matt Pell, uh, Craig Henning from Wisconsin, 
And uh, Doc Bennett said there's been nine four-time NCAA finalists. Can you name them? Did you do it? No, hell no. At that point, no. I, I got I got the obvious ones, but there's like Dick Hutton, you know, who's like from 1947, and right. Milkovich, and you know Daryl Burley. There's a handful that people forget about, or you're easy to forget about, I guess you would say. And um, so no, I didn't get them, but I was like that, like since I, you know, I'm, I'm wrestling a story, and so then I got interested, and I found out who they all were, and that's like something like I said, I want to do that, you know, and then mm-hmm. I was able. You know, when you when you're yeah. 16, you think of dude, something it's and it's you do it's, it. it's it's awesome. such a separation. I mean, four time All Americans. I think is there a hundred yet? Oh, uh, I wouldn't even. I know that's on. I think uh, there was like seventy a few years ago. So I think like like ten years ago. I think yeah. we're at a hundred. But there's like a, it's like four, fourteen. Four, yeah. So that that ankle, you know, I go from a group of a hundred to a group of fourteen. Yeah. So you'd be fifteen. So I'm pretty salty right now. Yeah. You always remind me of these bad things. You know, I I I, I looking at the brackets again, dude. We're out, I think we're out of time, but we, we, we can keep talking if you want. I don't care. Uh, I Justin go, Stabler, <laughs> oh, she's waiting. Yeah. Well, a Justin Stabler, who actually coaches at a um a, a high school right around here, which I knew he I from knew Wisconsin. he was a, yep from Wisconsin. I knew he was good. He made a run here. He won two overtime matches. He beat uh. Oregon State kid, then he beat Scott Coleman and, and Willie Grunewald, and he lost to Pat Cummins to be an All-American. And I didn't realize he had made that long of a run at the NCAAs. Yeah, no, he was he was top 12 or 15 for like yeah. three years. Yeah, I, I remember him being good, but I didn't remember him being that close. I thought it was, you know, he was like a, a one-win guy at NCAAs. So that's uh, pretty good. Well, damn, you know what we should do one day? Just like, okay, in the offseason, Tommy, can we do this in the offseason? Yeah, it's next week. No, okay. Well, a couple of, like after the Olympic trials, right? Okay, after, got it. Sometimes we're like, for, when we're struggling for content, <laughs> struggling for content, we pick up like 2003, 2004, 2002, any any of these NCAs where we're both, you know, very into it, into the yeah, content, yeah, of course. And we go through the brackets and talk about all the matches. Like 197 that year was glorious. Do you remember Damian Hahn? Like he was terrible that year, and then he makes this run, and he beats Muhammad Lawal in the last second, and then he beats John Trench in the last second. Like, come yep. on, great run! It was a great run. You know, we should have a show and talk about how good Greg Jones was and how much he doesn't get talked about anymore. Greg Jones lost this. Uh, he loses first round here. He lost to uh, Ralph remember? Everett. Ralph, Ralph Everett, Everett. Hofstra. And you know who he lost to in the Wrestlebacks? Ralph, where's Ralph Everett from in high school? Ralph Everett was a Florida guy, right? Look at you. The wrestling nerd is coming out of us a little too much. we got to okay. end the show. All right, last one. Do you know who he lost to in the Wrestlebacks? Greg Jones. He lost to Ralph Everett. And then... Uh, I'm scrolling up. I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I, I'm going to confirm in a second. Uh, uh, no, I don't know. I'm pretty Tom sure. Ryan. Or no, uh, Tom Ryan. What? No, no. I'm saying Tom Ryan might know because he was coaching Ralph Everett. Oh, because he was at Hofstra. Yeah. Um, where is... Yeah. Oh, so he won two matches. So he beat um, Brandon Guno and this guy named Eric Kwan. He lost to a UFC fame, Rashad Evans from Michigan State, who was a 174-pounder at the time. Pretty crazy. Wow. My buddy Blake Kaplan, who looks nothing like a UFC fighter, is uh, <laughs> 1-0, 1-0 against Rashad Evans. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right, brother. Let's All close right. it down. Thank you, Defense Soap. Such a great mainstay partner for us in this in this in this uh, podcast venture. They believed that that we would get the attention that I think we've got this year, and they'll always get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to supporting our podcast every year after. Wouldn't you say, Ben? I would say big thank you to Defense Soap. And now it's they, man, you kind of made miss the nostalgia there. Like Tommy, we've done a whole season of podcasts. I know, man. We it's did it. Crazy. I th- wow. I think the best is yet to come. We're gonna. You and I got to sit down and strategize and, and increase our production value. Have you know the the you know not the takedown of the week because that's lame, but the this of the week and the exactly. that of the week and have sponsors with it and and really get a roster list together and really amp this up, increase the production value. We got to talk to Martin get some advice. Sure, for sure. All right, man. Well, you have All a right, good man. day, and uh, I will. Uh, I'll see you shortly. Oh, no, I won't see you because we're not going to taste, but. Um, I'm well, I'll see you shortly because I'm going to see you in Milwaukee in a couple weeks. Oh, I I, I knew I was going to see you. I'll see Did you. Your next wife week. pick out the restaurant? Yeah, I got it set up already. All right, good deal, man. All right, have a good night, Tommy. See you, brother. Bye. You are listening to the T Row and Funky Show, and it is brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you've built. 
Tommy, I gotta say, I, I tried these products. He shipped me a box. Uh, I love them. I've, I've had, uh, if you know me, you know I had, I've had ringworm issues for a long time. Um, so I, you know, I'm looking forward to putting these in my repertoire and, and hoping, uh, the ringworm does not come back ever. No doubt, Ben. And to top that off, the company was created by wrestlers. Guy Seiko wrestled at Cleveland State University. His son was an All-American in Virginia, so these people really get it. They know what the wrestling community needs. You're listening to the T-Row and Funky Show, brought to you by All Force Nutrition. Ben, I don't know a whole lot about the founders here, but it's I, I gather it's a wrestling wrestling family, wrestling company up, up in the North Country where you're at. Tell us a little bit about All Force Nutrition. Tommy, All Force Nutrition was started by the Zilverberg Brothers out of Minnesota. They are wrestling people, and they made these supplements for wrestlers. Uh, you know, they graduated with uh, degrees from the University of Minnesota, and this was kind of their dream to, to put together some very healthy uh, and good tasting. You know, I've had some myself lately, supplements for wrestlers to use that, that fits their, their needs. And these products are great. I'm using them myself right now. Check out allforcenutrition.com. Made for wrestlers, by wrestlers. Go ahead and support them. 